Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. There has been a strange purple hue in the sky the last few nights. It's almost like day does not want to even arrive. It's almost like the darkness is perpetual, like the night is everlasting. But we care not, for soon the light will return. Soon the darkness will grow at its strongest and then suddenly go weaker and weaker until it passes away into light once more. But we know, while we are here, we can gather at the fire pit at the heart of the forest to listen to tales traditionally told at the time between times. I want to thank you, my friends, for choosing to spend your time with me here today, here to listen to these stories. This morning, I braved the crowds to sally forth and get the last of my Christmas gifts. Into Cardiff I went, the capital of Wales, pushing in between the people as I went from shop to shop, carrying loads of bags, wishing I was just home in the quiet. But into one shop I went where I discovered a truly great thing. It was a collector's shop, full of action figures, models, pictures, posters, comics from years gone by. And I was flicking through them just because it was quiet and there was nobody around. When I looked up onto a top shelf and there glaring down at me, was a horrific visage. I took a step back. It felt like my heart had missed a beat. And then I suddenly got very excited. For looking down on me was an image I had not seen for many, many years. There on the shelf, high above me, was a copy of the Hamlin Book of Ghosts in fact and fiction from 1978. For those of you of a certain age of which I am, this book was a Bible of ghost stories from my childhood, a book that absolutely terrified me as I stayed on my grandparents' house. I reached up this morning on my tiptoes and pulled down that book, took it to the counter, paid the money, and walked away a happy man. This image I had not seen for many years, and I clutched it tightly under my arm as I made my way around the remaining shops before returning home, sitting in my armchair and devouring every last bit of this book, this treasure trove. And from it today, I will tell one of its tales, passed over to you by me, across time, across place, from my childhood to where you are now. Sit back, my friends, relax, close your eyes if it's safe to do so, and join me for a tale traditionally told. You're sat at your fireplace. You look outside. The sky is a strange purple colour. It's like the day never arrived today. But you summon your courage. You could sit here now, all night in comfort, in warmth, your belly full of food and drink. But that's not what you want. You want to lose yourself in a world of imagination. 
so you put on your coat, your woolly hat, gloves, and walk out your front door onto the path. It leads down to the road. You turn around and lock the door, feeling the lock move in your hand. Put the key in your pocket. You look up once again. Everywhere around has taken a strange colour, like, like something out of an old 1970s photograph. The colour washed out, but strangely magical. You step to the road and start to walk down it. The cars are passing you. Some of them are filled with Christmas presents, as you can see, and the houses are all decked with lights. It brings you joy in the darkness. But you are heading to the forest. You walk down the path, and there it is, the woods in front of you, the trees stretching to the sky. And you step in. Everything goes dark. What was concrete now becomes crunching leaves, and step after step you make your way further into the forest. There is the old mossy tower, its window long gone. You wonder if a figure would stand there looking down, but tonight it looks clear. You pass the babbling book, placing your hand in the water, as cold as ice, until finally, weaving your way through the woodland, you make your way to the clearing at the heart of the forest where your friends have gathered. You step in. The fire is burning strongly tonight. You greet your friends with hugs, handshakes. It has been a while since you've got together, a week or more. Then you sit down and you look up to the sky. Both the sun and the moon are sharing it this night. For now you know it's the time between times, the time it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments and just a few moments you can reach into their realm and for a few moments they can reach into ours. Now is the time that people see lights in the sky. Now is the time that people see fairies. Now is the time that people see ghosts. Now is the time between times. Far away you can hear the howl of wolves, you can hear the growl of bears, but you know you are safe, you are safe right here. As the story-teller begins his tale, and stories open your imagination and let it run wild. Long ago and far away, in the town of Newcastle in the north of England, on the 3rd of January, 1891, Jazz Dickinson, photographer, 43 Granger Street, Newcastle, a photographer of some repute, was making his way through the frosty morning in order to open his shop. His assistant was ill this day, and he knew he had to get there early. The people were bustling through the streets. He passed poor and rich, making his winding way to the shop. And there he came across it, in darkness. He opened the lock of the great wooden door and pulled it open, stepping inside. 
He felt the chill of the shop, first newly opened, a studio for photography, something very new in those days. He stepped inside and lit a candle. He was one of the few shops that had electric lighting, and he made sure it switched on and slowly started to light the gloom. He was looking through a ledger book, seeing if he had any appointments for photography this day, for he was very, very busy. When he heard the door open and the bell above it ring, he called out, We are not open yet. It is another hour. He sensed someone in the waiting room who did not reply. He called back again. Hello? Hello? But nobody answered, so he turned around and walked into it. And there, standing in the waiting room, was a young man. He looked familiar. And Jazz looked at him. Um, I'm sorry, sir, we don't open for another hour. I was wondering if you could come back then. I have come for my photographs, said the man. Yes, um, I'm sure you have, but we don't open for an hour. I have come for my photographs. I had them taken on the 3rd of December last year, and I was hoping, well, you said, that they would be ready on this date. My name is J.S. Thompson. Well, let me look in my book. Jazz went over to the great ledger, opened it up, and there, sure enough, was the man's name and his photos were due for collection on this day. He looked through the pile that he had ready and saw that they were not there. He would not know where they were until his assistant came in a little later on, so he turned to the man and said, Um, it seems to me that your photographs are not quite ready. Could you please return this afternoon and pick them up? The figure turned to him, and it was only then that Jast noticed that his face was so sallow, his eyes so deep, his voice so echoey. He seemed like someone who was suffering from a great illness. I have travelled all day and all night for these photographs. And I, I, Mr Dickinson, am very, very disappointed. And with that he turned and left. Jazz was very shaken up by this. He did not like letting his customers down. He had garnered a great reputation, but something here had gone wrong. He waited for his assistant Sally to come in an hour later, and after a brief discussion, they realised who this man was. Not long after his sitting, Sally had dropped the glass plates with his photographs and one of them had broken. She had had to have them sent away for repair and bad winter weather over the last month had caused much delay and they would not be ready for another week. She explained to Jazz that only yesterday an old man had come in asking for the pictures and she had told him to come back in a week when surely they would arrive. Hmm. Jazz waited, wondering if the man would return that afternoon, but he did not. But a week later, at the same time, in the same place, in the same shop, 
when he had just opened up, had just switched on his electric light. He heard that strange ringing of the bell behind him. But this time, there was an old man there, a white beard, a long coat and a hat upon his head, sitting in the waiting room, huddled up against the cold, trying to warm his hands on the small fire placed there for the customers. Mr. Dickinson stepped in and asked him, "'Hello, sir, can I help you?' "'I've come for my family's photographs. "'They were taken here on the 3rd of December.' They were photographs of a, um, a J.S. Thompson. Jazz felt a shiver go down his spine. Yes, of course. He called in last week to pick them up. I told him to come back because they were not quite ready. Just hold on a second. He looked through the drawers to find them. There, there were the photographs. Arrived, late, just as he said. He opened them up and... and recognised straight away that they were the photographs of the man who called last week to pick them up. Um, this is for your son. Here, here they are. Oh, they've come out great, haven't they? Isn't he a handsome-looking man? He was a handsome-looking man. Unfortunately, he died. He died on Christmas Day, my friend. And I have come to pick them up so I may posthumously display them so that all may remember him. But, but that can't be true. I saw him only last week. He called in saying the photographs were due on the, um, uh, the 8th of January um, and he came to pick them up, but they weren't quite ready. That, my friend, is impossible. He had been long in his grave when that happened. I was so keen to come on this day to get them. I came last week, but your assistant told me there had been some delay and they were not ready. Because in his death throes, in the agony and torment of his illness, which came upon him suddenly and could not be moved, he cried out that he wished for the photographs so that people would remember him. He wanted nothing more than for his family to be given the prints so they could look upon him when he was gone. And if you don't mind, I would like to take them now. Jazz Dickinson did not know what to say. His face was white, his hands were trembling. And knowing no more, he gave the prince to the man and watched as he walked away. He had seen a ghost. Of that he was sure. A ghost that had come to his photographer's shop that early morning to take the prints that he had taken when he was alive. The photograph has become famous. He has become known as the man who was not there. And I will place it in the show notes for you to see. But this ghost story, short, sweet, for what it is, is one of the first I can remember reading when I pulled this book down from the shelf at my grand's house when I was a small child. 
and the shiver it sent down my spine as I read it under torchlight under the blankets in the spare room there have stayed with me forever, although I have told a million tales since that day. I could think of nothing more than to share ye this tale with you today of the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. I thank you, my friends, for joining me here at the fire pit of the heart of the forest. If you wish to support me, I have a Patreon channel, www.patreon.com forward slash Owen 7, or a Kofi channel, www.kofi.com forward slash Owen For a small fee, you will get extra videos, extra content, and will support me in my telling of tales, and for that I am truly grateful. Any of you around on the 23rd of December, two days before Christmas, may wish to join me on Twitter at Owen S. Griffiths, where at nine o'clock I will be reading The Signalman by Charles Dickens, one of my favourite ghost stories, as a ghost story for Christmas. In the meantime, my friends, I hope you are all well. Fear not, this darkness is not eternal, the light will return. But while we are here, let us lose ourselves in the imagination conjured up by a tide of tales. Take care, everyone. Nostar.